0: just close our eyes just for a moment. Father God, I want to pray that by your wonderful Holy Spirit, you will speak into our hearts and you will speak into our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, as we reflect back over 2017 in the church, we have found some great blessings and we found some great challenges. We've seen a number of people become Christians, particularly through our Alpha course. I do want to encourage you, if you're here and you're not sure of your faith, Alpha is a fantastic opportunity for you to just connect with Christianity and decide what you make of it. Um, We've had some wonderful baptism testimonies illustrating how God has intervened powerfully in people's lives recently, and there are more to come as we prepare for another baptism service at the end of this month, and so you can look forward to that. Uh, we 've seen some wonderful things happen on a new course that we pioneered this year called the or last year called the free to live course It finished last month, and people have told us that they have never and this is these are quotes they have never felt more free as a result of understanding getting to grips with the fact that God is their Father who unconditionally loves them. People having a renewed sense of calling, people laying down things from the the past, finding a new sense of freedom. Many, many wonderful things have happened. We're delighted with our new staff appointments, as Martin and John have joined the team. We're absolutely thrilled about that. We're thrilled about the wonderful work of BCP and particularly the ever-increasing momentum in 360. Uh, We're really excited about the way our children are getting hold of God, learning to hear from Him, and we're obviously fantastically thrilled with all that uh, we've seen this morning in regard to our children and all of the hard work that goes into our children's work. The youth leaders had a meeting on Friday, and they were celebrating six new teenagers recently joining the ranks of their youth, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, We want to also celebrate the blessing of guest speakers, people like Angela Kem, Neil Hudson, Joseph Mawila, Ian Henderson, the list could go on. And so there has been some exciting times as we look back. And yet at the same time we've seen a number of people encounter some incredible challenges. This year, many people have experienced the loss of loved ones. And actually, I I look across the room and it's quite surprising as to how many of us have um, had family members who have died, including our own family, my own family. There's also been a number of challenging situations, serious illnesses. And some of them have been life-threatening. And although we've so clearly seen God's hand at work powerfully in those situations, there are still challenges that continue in those areas. And so as we can see, there are some wonderful moments of breakthrough, and at the same time there are significant times of battle. And if you're here today and you're a guest, I'm just saying to you that actually the Christian life isn't some sort of cosmic insurance policy. The reality is it's a real God intervening in the real lives of real people with real challenges. And so with this in mind at the very beginning of this year with the excitement and the blessings and the breakthrough and the battles and the challenges with all of these things in mind it seems most appropriate right at the beginning of the year to turn together to the Bible. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesians, a little bit of explanation. This is a circular letter, actually. It wasn't just written to one church. It was written to a number of churches across the region. It was meant to go out as a circular letter to a number of churches. This means that you'll find a lot less personal details and personal references In this particular letter, uh, there's a lot about specific spiritual truths, general spiritual truths. Every word of this letter has relevance to us today. The city of Ephesus posted one of the seven wonders of the world, the Temple of Diana. It was in this particular city that the silversmiths who built the idols for the temple, they complained that Paul was doing them out of a job because... Um, more people were becoming Christians and less people were interested in worshipping the pagan idols. And so, Paul, as he comes to the end of this letter, he writes this. In Ephesians 6 from verse 10, he says this. Finally, as you can see it's a clue that he's coming towards the end. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I think we've got the, the words up, Andy. Are they not working? Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So here, Paul's talking about the spiritual battle. The sorts of battles that we sometimes face. In in the earlier parts of this letter, Paul has explained a number of things. First of all, Paul explains God's great plan to create a new society, a new community, which is called the church. And actually, the enemy will do all he can to destroy that. Jesus, by his death, broke down the dividing walls between people. Paul explains this in his letter earlier on as well. That Jesus, by his death, broke down the dividing walls between people of different races, different cultures, different backgrounds, different generations. The devil will do all he can to try and rebuild those walls separating people. God intends his people to live in harmony and Paul makes this clear as he moves through his letter. Paul makes reference to the fact that God intends His people to live in harmony and purity and unity, and the powers of hell again will do all they can attempt to create disharmony and sin and division. So, knowledge of the enemy and his tactics are vital when we're in battle, but only the power of God can defend us and deliver us. In verse 10, Paul says, Be strong in the Lord. That's his first instruction. The second instruction is found in verse 13, where he says, put on the full armour of God. Why do we need to put on the full armour of God? Well, Paul explains that to us. He says, so that we can stand. So that we can stand. Verse 11, he tells us to take our stand. In verse 13, we're told to stand our ground. And at the end of the verse, the same verse we're told again that we are to stand. Uh, and in verse 14 it says, stand firm. A lot of references to standing. A lot of standing going on. A whole lot of standing going on. To quote Jerry Lee Lewis nearly. So, standing. That was a joke that only a few people got. <laughs> I realised how old I am when I said that. Standing. Standing. So, my friends, in the face of challenges, in the face of adversary, in the battle, let's be prepared to stand. Let's not crumple. Let's not collapse. Because God doesn't want wobbly Christians. And let's stand with one another. Let's stand together. This picture of armour can really help us if we can get to grips with its meaning. Paul lists these six different pieces of armour, the belt, the breastplates, the boots, the shield, the helmet, the sword. And he uses them as pictures of truth, righteousness, good news of peace, faith, salvation and the word of God. Now Paul, I would say, was pretty familiar with Roman soldiers because he was possibly even chained to one whilst he was writing this letter. So that would help him be familiar with Roman soldiers, wouldn't it? So we're just going to look briefly at each piece of the armour and we're going to take them in the order that Paul took them and we're going to start with a belt of truth, which is in verse 14. Roman soldiers wore these leather belts. As well as holding the sword... The belt gathered the tunic of the soldier together and made marching easier. So what is the belt of truth? Well, there are two possible meanings to the word truth here. Firstly, the truth. The revelation of God in Jesus. Knowing the truth. That's a belt which helps us to march forward. The second is truth. The second meaning is sincerity, integrity. So which is it? The the truth? The truth of doctrine? Or general personal truth? Truth of heart, sincerity? I want to suggest to you that it's both. That we as Christians need to have the belt of the revealed truth of God holding us and we need to put that on as a reality every day but in addition we need to put on truth and integrity, asking God to help us to be people of truth second bit of equipment is the breastplate of righteousness as with truth, there are two possible meanings to righteousness in this context, the first is the righteousness given to us by Jesus the fact that we are clothed in his righteousness. So as we put our faith in the fact that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, we receive God's forgiveness. Jesus takes our guilt. Jesus takes our shame. And instead, he gives us his righteousness. And again, as I said, there may be people here today, you're not sure of your faith. I want encourage you, you can be certain of your relationship with, With God, you can be certain of your permanent, eternal place in heaven. You need not fear death. I want to encourage you to come and speak to us at the end of the meeting. Come on the Alpha Course. We would love you to consider this really, really carefully. So the first possible meaning of righteousness here is the undeserved righteousness of God that we receive as we become a Christian. The second possible meaning of righteousness is righteousness of character and conduct. And which of these two constitutes the breastplate of righteousness? Well, why not both? It's very interesting. Uh, uh, one particular scholar, one particular commentator, said a, um, a combination of being pardoned for sin and the integrity of character woven together makes some pretty strong chainmail. Pretty strong armour. Okay, number three, verse five. Sorry, verse fifteen, your feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In one Peter three, fifteen, Peter says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. So there are faint echoes in this reference to uh, your feet fitted with readiness. Uh, to um, an Old Testament passage, Isaiah 52 where Isaiah writes, how beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who bring good news who proclaim peace so, are we prepared to go and share what we have with those around us? It's a basic human desire to share good news with people and I'm speaking to the Christians right now in the room, and asking you a particular question. Do you have beautiful feet? If you're a member of this church, if you're part of this church, can I ask you, who is the person that you are going to invite on this Alpha Course? Who is it? Who is that person? fourth item is the shield of faith in verse 16 which is used to extinguish the fiery arrows of the evil one a Roman shield was about four foot high two feet wide it was made of two layers of of wood stuck together covered with linen then with hide it was dipped in water so that uh, it would put out Arrows that were fired, that were lit arrows that were fired at it, it would extinguish those arrows. Now what sort of arrows are we talking about? What sort of spiritual arrows are we talking about? What sort of arrows will the, uh, will the devil fire at us? Well let me give you some examples. Thoughts of doubt, anger, rebellion, disobedience, lust, malice, fear, He has a quiver full of arrows. But our shield is faith. Faith, first of all, reminds us of the promises of God in times of doubt or fear. And faith releases the power of God in our lives to defeat those times where we are tempted by sinful actions the shield of faith next we have the helmet of salvation salvation is about the forgiveness we've received the fact that we've been set free from the chains of rejection and abandonment and failure and we've been adopted into the family of God to put on the helmet of salvation every day is to keep those truths. A helmet goes on the head, just in case. Um, keeping those truths, therefore, at the forefront of our minds, in our heads. Having those truths right in our heads, day by day. The helmet of salvation. And finally, in the second part of verse 17, we're instructed to take up the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. In Paul's day, the sword would be the main tool for fighting. And you notice that spirit and word are mentioned together here. Paul is not identifying the sword with just the Bible. In fact, he didn't have the Bible in its complete form. In fact, he was writing part of it in this letter. I believe that Paul is identifying the sword with the proclamation of the truths of Christianity, which in our case are ultimately found in the Bible. But speaking out truths of God's word under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is how we draw the sword. It's really important. Let me just say that again. Speaking out truths of God's word under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is how we draw the sword. And from the Bible we can draw our sword and we can use it. A little bit like the way that Jesus did Uh, in um, Matthew 4 and in Luke 4 there's a time where Jesus is tempted by the devil and he has to draw out words of truth to battle under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to make proper use of the Word of God. And... We need to have the word of God in our hearts and our minds in order to be to make proper use of being filled with the holy spirit Spirit-filled word-filled Christians are dangerous people. We're so dangerous that the devil will do anything he can to undermine that combination of word and spirit. He will either try to undermine the word or the spirit. And I want to suggest to you that, that throughout the history of the church, he's trying to do that. Undermine one or the other. And this is the reason why we in this church regard the Word and the Spirit as absolutely vital. The two wings of our aeroplane. Trust and encounter. Trusting in the Word of God and encountering the Spirit of God. And that's why we regularly have Sunday evenings devoted either to the Word of God through our Bible seminars or to the Spirit of God through our encounter meetings. So, we're told in this passage that we have the equipment for battle close at hand. God gives us all we need for spiritual warfare. I want to encourage each of us today there are tough times and there are great times. But we are provided with all we need for this incredible adventure, for this roller coaster, which is the Christian life. Truth, righteousness, faith, witness, salvation, word and spirit. We have access to all of the treasures of heaven as we face the battles of our lives. And Paul gives us a clue as to how we can access all of this at the very end of this passage. In verse 18 he says, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Pray, pray, and pray again, says Paul. And it seems impossible for me to bring a New Year talk without exhorting us all to pray. The day after my dad died, I was due to speak on our Alpha course on the subject of prayer. And Dave very kindly offered to cover it for me. But somehow, I wanted to do it. Not because I didn't care about losing my father, not because I wasn't upset, because I was. But I just wanted to talk to people about talking to God. I wanted to tell people that as I prayed to my Heavenly Father, He was able to uphold me and sustain me even in the most difficult of times. And I want to encourage us, each of us, to continue to step forward in prayer. To be people who call out to God. I want to encourage us, if we're part of this church, I want to encourage you to join our prayer army. Each week you then receive an email so you can join dozens of other people in the church who are doing battle together in prayer week on week. Just go to the information desk or ring the centre office to find out how to join our prayer army. Come to our prayer meeting before our Sunday service, 9.30 to 9.45. Everyone is welcome. It's not just for leaders. It is for anyone who wants to come. Sunday evening prayer, 6.30pm. That's going to start again in a couple of weeks. Prayer for BCP, Wednesday morning, 9.15. Early morning prayer, Thursday, 6.30am. Wow. A recent guest speaker came to our church, a lady called Angela Kem. And she was here for, for a longer part of the weekend, and because of that she was able to attend a couple of our prayer meetings. And Angela's a very prophetic lady and she this is what she sensed about prayer. And I think we've got this on our screen. Firstly, Angela observed the following she said There are no wishy washy prayers here as she observed the prayer meetings at Barnabas, she said, there are no wishy-washy prayers here, but prayers full of passion and getting hold of God. So she was very excited about what was going on in our prayer meetings. And with this in mind, she encouraged us in the following ways. She said, do something here that won't have been done before. The wells are being opened. Something in prayer is going to rise up for the nation. It's higher than Shrewsbury. is what Angela said. She said, people will come here to pray. People will get healed. Get ready for natural, supernatural. Now, can I just say this? Angela Kem is not the Bible. We don't just assume that what she says is right. However, what she brought felt like a confirmation of some of the things that we were sensing. I'd like to give you another confirmation. Last week, Kathy Lowe shared a dream and a picture with Martin, and he asked her to send that detail to our team. And so with that in mind, I'm going to ask, before I conclude, I'm going to ask Kathy just to come and to share now. So can we just welcome Kathy as she comes? Let's uh, ask Kathy to come and share.
1: To um, read the email that I sent in my dream in my dream, I was standing in a rain shower, but the rain was not water in the wet sense, but some sort of golden dust come rain. I looked around me and I saw members of the church in the same shower. I woke up at this point, and as I did so, I heard the order, heard the words, "I will pour out my flesh." my spirit on all flesh. Immediately I knew that it was from Joel, so I got up, I made a cup of tea and started praying into it. Later on that day, I was driving to work when I had a picture. In my mind's eye, I was up in the mountains, and it was rather like in the Lake District, and I saw huge dark clouds in the valley below. However, strong beams of light broke through the clouds and bathed the valley floor with a golden light. I felt that God was saying that the light breaks through the clouds where there are Christians. As the prayers of saints rise, then somehow, sorry, excuse me, something changes and God's light can pierce the dark clouds.
0: Thank you so much, Kathy. Thank you for sharing. So with this in mind, we want to start the new year on the foundation of prayer. We believe in the power of God to intervene in our lives. And that's why we want to call on him and draw close to him. Some people say, do you believe in the power of prayer? Actually, no, I believe in the power of God. And that's why we pray. So we will have a week of prayer, which is starting next Sunday, the 14th of January. And it's going to start at our evening encounter meeting. As we call on God together at that particular meeting. We'll be setting up a 24-hour prayer room, having a 24-hour around-the-clock initiative. That will start at 7.30 on Tuesday the 16th. And it goes through until Wednesday the 17th, which completely coincides with the beginning of our Alpha course. So we're going to pray for 24 hours, non-stop, before Alpha starts. Someone's cheering at the back, silently, but I like it. We can book one-hour slots, either as individuals or as groups. And the prayer room will continue to be open for the rest of the prayer week. And people will be able to come in while the centre is open, not at night times, but during the day when the centre is open, and they will be able to book, uh, just use it for 15-minute slots as they arrive during the day. We want to launch 24 hours of non-stop prayer with a one-hour prayer meeting on Tuesday the 16th, at 7.30. Obviously all of these details will be in your notice sheet and will be clear to you but we want to encourage as many Barnabas people as possible to come to that meeting. We would love, for example, the midweek groups to decide well actually we'll make that our our group this week. Gives you sort of an easy week in a way but a really significant time where we can all be together all this is also coinciding with the launch of another prayer initiative, which has been a brand new one, which has been pioneered by Chris and Joe Burtonshaw. 15-minute prayer appointments in the day on Thursdays for people both attending Barnabas. So if you come on a Sunday, uh, you have opportunity to book up. There'll be details available and it'll become clear as to how you can book up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but also we're going to make that available for the clients of Barnabas Community Projects as well. So there's going to be opportunity for people to receive further personal prayer. And for people here, for people in the church, this complements our wonderful work done by the prayer team who serve us so well Sunday by Sunday. But it will provide a, a, another opportunity, a more private opportunity for people to receive prayer ongoing in the week and so as we dig deeper and we strengthen the foundation of prayer what we realise is that we're standing on the shoulders of giants because we are incredibly grateful as I look around the room to the faithful and enthusiastic members of the Barnabas family who have continued to pray regularly we're so grateful to you thank you so much We believe this coming year prayer will undergird everything we do. And so we are seeking God for breakthrough and for blessing in 2018. And my question for you as the church is this. Are you with us? Are you prepared to step forward in prayer. What I would like us to do is stand together and ask Esther and the team to come back. We're going to sing a worship song which is about the declaration of the power of God. And that in itself is a statement, a symbolic and a prophetic statement demonstrating the faith that we have in a God who is able to hear and respond to our prayers. So let's stand together, shall we? And we're going to be led by Esther and the team and then I'm going to hand over to Dave to conclude.